Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Shalom, for now on the record, this is Minister Cedric in Israel, and welcome to Thursday Night's Fellowship Line. The time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, can I please have phone on the record who's joining us for this evening's fellowship? Yeah, going on, Shalom. Going on the record, this is Op Eric from the tribe of Judah. Shalom, brother. Shalom, bro. Going on the record, this is Ak Patrice, Travel Levi, Boston, Massachusetts. I'll actually be on the call briefly because uh, I'll be traveling home soon, so I might lose service on the train and stuff like that. But Shalom Nation. Shalom, bro. Shalom. Shalom, this is Ima Yaruf, Travel Judah. Shalom. Shalom, Ima. Ima. Shalom, born on the record. Ak Bernard, Travel Judah, Shalom Nation. Shalom, bro. Shalom. Shalom, born on the record. This is Sister Ruth of the Travel Judah. Shalom, sister. Shalom, it's Brother Jatier. Shalom, bro. Is there anyone else that um, is present and didn't get a chance to speak? Shalom, brother. You know what? You're going to live a long time. I was just about to get ready to go exit you with him. Shalom, brother. Uh, is that Brother Priest? Yes, sir. Shalom, brother. I will yield the floor to you. Uh, thank you, brother. Does anyone have any questions they want to ask or they need to talk about? Shalom, going on the record, this is uh, Eric. Chris, I just want to ask you, uh, is it any way that you can have the whole story of all the books to the Bible and what do you have to What's all the books you have to put together to get it? What that are you? What are all the books you have to be put together to understand the entire Bible? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With all the stories, you know they they say they got other stories. You know that people that in the in that Bible, you know, what particular books that we need, you know. Well. I'll answer it the best way I can, brother. Um, Really, it comes down to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. 
And really the first five books that they refer to as the Torah, when the Torah is actually the law, it's not really the five books, but it's really the law itself. But out out of that, there is Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and and those first give you the formation of the law and the history of the formation of establishing the law. Now, technically, you would need to read the first five books, which is would be um, include Genesis and Exodus. And numbers, excuse me, let me add that. You would need Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, and this is why. Leviticus and Deuteronomy are going to tell you the history as far as the formulation of the law. Genesis is going to tell you the history as far as the formulation of us as a nation. And you have to be able to really see it, and you need certain tools to be able to really completely see the formation of a nation, but it's there, and it begins with Abraham. Now, there were people on the earth before Abraham. There were laws on the earth before Moses. All of that existed, but you got to see the development of us in an evolutionary path in Genesis. So, what you're looking for essentially is who are the ones that were reading and writing these scriptures. That's important because you got to obviously know Moses wasn't writing Genesis. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, okay, here's an argument. that The first five books were written by Moses. I mean, the, the key to understanding this is it, they were written by scribes. Okay, like, I use this example a lot. Forgive me for how I have to answer this. It's going to take me a minute to answer this. Just let me get it out. Okay, here's an example. The autobiography of Malcolm X is not written by Malcolm X. It's written by Alex Haley. Okay, if you took away the the, the term autobiography, and but most people do when they refer to the book, they'll be like the the Malcolm X book or the book on Malcolm X's life. Um, you can easily forget and most people do, that Alex Haley is the one that actually wrote it. Most people don't tie in Malcolm X to Alex Haley at all. Okay, well, if you look at this, as Alex Haley is operating in a form, in a minute form of a scribe, then you understand that the verbal history was passed down generation to generation, and then at one point in time it was written down by those who were under the regime of Moses were scribes, so he didn't actually physically write it himself. Mm-hmm. It's attributed to him not as the author, 
which is another mistake. But as a transcriber, hey, that's important to know. So what you're looking for is who wrote it, which were the Israelites, and what is it about. What it's about is the history of the Israelites, their awakening and understanding of who and what God is, mm-hmm. you know, and what we did in our good times and bad times, and what was our our culture and our history. Um, I'm going to have to exit for a moment. Uh, I'll be right back shortly. Yes, sir. Um, while uh, Brother Priest is making his uh, exit, I wanted to basically uh, ask if anybody was able to uh, see the volcano eruption in Brazil. Anybody hear about that? No. So anybody saw it? No, sir. No, sir. I'll I go look it up right now, though. You guys should see it's it's a beautiful thing. I I mean, I didn't. I, they they have uh, the different videos from when it started and all this other different stuff, but to see it explode and see lightning coming from the sky and then basically going through the through the the fire is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything like that. I. I never, you know, th- thought that you would see something, but they've been posting videos of it all yesterday, well, all today, and um, it's just floating on social media. So um, you get a chance, just check it out. I just thought it was pretty interesting. Um, Where is it? It's, it's a Calboco, Calboco a Volcano Explodes in Brazil. It's spelled C-A-L-B-U-C-O. I'm back. Oh. Shalom, brother. Go ahead. I yield the floor. Uh, what were you saying, brother? I, I didn't catch everything you just said. Oh, um, I was asking the brethren if they were able to see the uh, Calbuco volcanic uh, eruption in Brazil yesterday. It started yesterday, but they've basically been uh, put posting videos of it on uh, social media and the Internet all day. It's a beautiful thing. Like you got to see it. I've never seen a volcano erupt like that. It's, it was real vivid. Wow, I didn't see it. Um, yeah, it had lightning bolts and everything. I've never seen nothing like that. Well, today is the uh, Torah's uncle's funeral, and she left out of town to go to the funeral, and I was okay. not able to attend, but um, that was her to just call. So, yes, sir. Um, you know, I'm concerned about her and what have you. But, brother Eric, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, where did I just leave off? Did you understand what I was saying thus far about that? Did that make sense to you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Did that follow? Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying you you just you just left off on uh on the five books and Moses was a transcriber and not the author. Uh, yes, sir. 
Okay, the the next thing you want to understand is very simple. This is something that a lot of people don't really realize, but the the so-called New Testament, everything that's in it is predominantly taken from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Most of the things that that the one you call Jesus is is saying, he's quoting the Old Testament. Yeah, I mean he's consistently quote. I mean, over eighty percent of what he says. And like, if you get those books that have the red writing, red letter books, over eighty percent of that is him quoting the Old Testament. I mean, he's literally quoting verses, literally, or he's referring to them. If he's not, if he's not quoting them, he's referring to them consistently. Even in this, what they call the Beatitudes, which is. Um, when he goes up on the hill and he starts talking to a lot of different people um, that, that are sitting there listening. And he's saying things like, have you, you have heard that um, don't commit adultery and fornication. I'm paraphrasing. And he's like, well, if you even think it, you've already committed it. So that's a, that's him referencing it and him explaining it in a deeper level, you know. Or he'll say something on the lines of, you have read or heard, thou shalt not kill. I think he says kill or, or, or whichever word it is. But he cleans it up. He makes sure that people understand because he differentiates kill from murder. So he was using the term kill, and he's talking to them because the people were coming up to him, or if you can imagine, a lot of people were coming to him saying, well, well, if we eat animals, isn't that killing? If we if we pull up the plants out of the ground, isn't that what happens? That's killing the plants, you know. That's not literally what they said, but that's the mind state that they were in. And believe me, if you keep on living, Keep on following this path. The people are going to ask you the same questions they asked him. Believe me. So it's funny that he's like, you know, he's telling you once you reach this state of mind, he's telling the people, then you're going to be following in my shoes. And unless you follow in these same shoes, you will not understand what it what and what God is, and he's telling you this point blank, and the people are so confused at that point. So the said New Testament is really a repeat of the Old Testament, or the said Old Testament. It's not, all it is, is Paul writing most of the books, and it's him speaking to his son and the people around him. It's Paul writing directly to them because some of my letters, he's writing directly to them. He's writing directly to people. And he's talking about his experience, and he's talking about him dealing with the disciples because he was not a quote-unquote disciple. He never physically met the one named Jesus. But 
he's collecting things from the people around him, and he's writing down about them. So basically the New Testament is some passages from Paul or letters from Paul, um, some quotes from the disciples about what he was, what the one you call Jesus was saying, and everything else is just Old Testament law. The consistency is an understanding that both so-called New and Old Testaments are 100% in alignment with one another. People that don't know that play games with old versus new, law done away with that, and all, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's really the same thing. It's history, there's scribes, and that's pretty much it. So you understand it's written to and for and about the Israelites. That's what it says. And people try to read outside of that. One more thing I want to say about it. Just because it's written to, for, and by us doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to all people on the earth. That's a racist mentality, and that's wrong. It does apply to all the people on earth. That doesn't make them us. That doesn't give them the right to impersonate us either. But that's where you want to be. You want to know who is written. And as long as you can stick to that outside of the um, the fanciful type of stories, don't worry about the stories. Like, did Jesus walk on water? Did Moses really throw down a, a staff and it turned to a snake. That's See, that's what most people get caught up in. But if you don't understand the culture, you won't understand the language that's being used. So that's creative language. That's not literal language. It's creative. Just like rappers today, they use creative language. They're not really murdering people in their raps. They're describing how they are better than the next rapper by describing them as killing him. You know, but if you got to be in their mind state to get it. Did that help, brother? Yes, sir. Are you there? Yes. You sure? You sure? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I had a I had an incident today, this morning. I don't know if it was a Mormon or what he was. What uh you know how the how the how the uh, white guys and stuff they unload themselves in, into the so-called the black communities and they they go to house to house. I think the Mormons. I think they mm-hmm. some of them be riding bikes. You know, those are Mormons. Those are Mormons. Okay. Yeah. They they pulled up. I we thought well I was on my auntie. We thought they were some federal type people. They pulled up in a van six deep. Two go this way. Two go this way. Two go this way. <laughs> So we didn't know what was going on at first. So, so we, you know, black and white people get out the van. So we like, oh my goodness. So he come up and he say, uh, white guy, he say, how y'all doing? We speak, whatever. So he say, uh, uh, he asked a question. He gave me a brochure and uh, what is the kingdom of God? And he was saying that. And he was saying that uh, he had three questions. And when he was asking the question, he said, well, uh, you know, Jesus 
came and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Then I said, well, what about, uh, I asked him a question. I said, can I ask you a question? What about uh, God? You keep saying Jesus. So he said, yeah, uh, we, we follow Christ, you know, like they were there. So I asked him, I said, so if you follow Christ, I said, and Christ follow the Most High, I asked him, I said, why don't you follow the Most High and we just live like the Christ? So he said, uh, well, when Jesus came, he came to make it for better. He made it fulfilled. And he, he when he said that, he did a new covenant. I said, now, I don't know how y'all, you know, Monty said he came to fulfill. I, if he fulfilled it, how can he get a new covenant? Like they were there. So the mm-hmm. white kept, he kept going, he kept going. I said, fulfill me. He came to do everything that's in the old covenant, right? So... The little boy said, "Well, I gotta. I see y'all later." So <laughs> he left. He left the old man. The old man he was acting like he and he couldn't work then. And, and oh. after a while, he just said, "Well, I see we ain't getting out of eye because we were asking him questions. He couldn't answer, so he just walked on off." I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I was surprised he asked you about John Smith. About <laughs> who? John Smith. <laughs> That's their founder. Oh God, they were. <laughs> wow, I was surprised to ask you about him, but oh boy, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people that um, you got to understand. It's really not. It's sad that it's come down to people's beliefs, but mm-hmm. it's really not about what you believe or not. You know what I'm saying, like. Right. I'll give you an example. Um, I want to mention four movies that I think everybody needs to watch as soon as they can. Number one, Law Abiding Citizen with Jamie Foxx. Number two, well, uh, let me just cover Law Abiding Citizen in relationship to this. The thing is, in this movie, they show you that the mayor of the city swore in an attorney into the office of district attorney, okay, mm-hmm. which was which was uh, Jamie Foxx. Take a guess how they swore him in with the Bible. Not, not listen, listen, not the Book of the Dead, not the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is not the proper name for what I know. I know that's not the proper name for it, but I'm just going to refer to it as what it really is, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not the I Ching, not the Quran, not the Upanishads of Vedas from the Indians, uh, the Eastern Indians, none of that. Why? Because this book is the real foundation of civilization on this planet Earth. It's that simple. It's not whether you believe it or not. It's not a belief. <laughs> if you are foolish enough to believe that it's solely that this book is solely based upon whether you believe in it or not, that is why the people suffer. That is why they're so confused. And that's why they can choose to accept truth or reject truth because I was being taught to them is that this is a book of belief systems, particularly a belief system called Christianity, 
and none of this is true. It has nothing to do with Christianity, period. It doesn't. Nothing in it is Christian. <laughs> this was so crazy. So when you can get that, when you can understand that, and you see people coming at you from a religious perspective, then you know that they're not, they don't really have a, a, a full understanding. They really don't. They don't have. They definitely don't have a cultural understanding. If they're trying to push some religion on you, because ultimately this is a book of laws, and part of those laws are how you're supposed to conduct yourself morally. So if you look at it as a law book, I mean it's law and history, and predominantly. But if you look at it as a law book, then that has nothing to do with a religion. It has nothing to do with whether you believe it or not. People don't have to believe in the stop sign, for God's sakes. The stop sign is there, it's written into law, and if you violate the stop sign, you will possibly, if you, if some uh, officer uh, 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 witnesses it, they can even arrest you for it. So does it matter what, what religion you are if you run a stop sign? No. This is the... The, the idiocracy of this madness you call religion and the scriptures call religions idolatries. So hopefully that helps. Other movies I want to suggest to you. Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, Part 1 and 2. If you haven't seen this, it is a must. Particu uh, listen, you have to see this. And then oh. kids for kids for cash. Go ahead, brother. Well, what what'd you say? One and two. Fat, sick, and nearly dead. Fat, sick, and nearly dead. Okay. Yes. My bad. Man. I'm telling. I am telling you, for no other reason but for your own um, development and sanity and how you look at food. You really need to see this. The other one is ca is kids for cash. You really got to see this. And kids for cash is a documentary, and um, where we think, where can you find it at? I want to say you can find it on on Crackle. If you don't have like um, Netflix or anything, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I know it's on the internet. Um. Uh, it might be on Crackle. Crackle is a free movie, uh, a movie, free movie channel. There are a lot of free movie channels, like Movie 2K. You can see all the latest movies on Movie 2K for free. But um, there are a lot of free movie channels. But listen, Kids for Cash is so depictive about the state of mind consciousness of what it means to deal in courts. Netflix. It's on Netflix? Yes, sir. Kids with Cash is on Netflix? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, it might be on some of those other ones, though, but I'm telling you, you need, you got to see it. If you have ever dealt with a court case, 
or are dealing with one now or whatever. You need to see this. First of all, it's going to be hard to decipher. You, it, When you first see it, you're going to automatically think that you understand. Let me just paint this picture. They're painting this judge as corrupt. So when you first look at it, it's easy, easy to believe that the judge was corrupt. Well, here's what I want to say about it. Where there are corrupt judges, you see what the community, and, and all the way from, this was a small little city. The federal government and the FBI stepped in in, a, in an actual perceived corrupt court. Now, you make your decision whether or not this was corrupt when you see it. But I'm saying wherever you go, in every city, in every community, if it gets wind that there is actually a corrupt court, corrupt judges, believe me, the CIA, FBI, the federal government step in. Now, sometimes there needs to be a whistleblower. Sometimes that whistleblower might be you. Uh, Judge Joe Brown, if anybody saw when he uh, stepped off the bench to do, well, he's, he's a retired judge, so he took upon a case to defend the case, and um, I think it's in Memphis, actually. And they ended up throwing him in jail. So you got to remember that. Now, fat, sick, and nearly dead, it, it when you see this, it, it, it shows everything you really need to know about food and your health are in these documentaries. And I'm telling you, if you really pay attention to every single detail, you will have a complete comprehension of what you need to do to heal yourself and others around you. Now, it doesn't say it all verbatim, but you'll understand because it puts it all in perspective. It breaks it down. These are processed foods. These are foods made from animals, and these are natural foods made from God Almighty or nature. It doesn't use the term God or, or anything like that, but you will be able to see it. Anybody have anything they want to talk about, any questions or anything they want to address to Brother Priest? Salam, uh, Brother Priest. This is Minister Cedric. I got a question for you. And um, it hit me... Um, like three days ago, I stayed up like late night trying to figure this out because I know several times we have um, had conversations about trust. And I came upon a question for you. What happens to a state when it goes bankrupt? Now, I looked this up, but I just want to see what you're going to say. <laughs> When it actually goes bankrupt, or when it declares bankruptcy? When it when it when it declares bankruptcy, and when it goes bankrupt. 
Okay, if it's if it's a part of a union, which a state is a part of a union. Right. That's what a state is. Yes. In general, it's going to apply to international bankruptcy law. Okay. Okay, so that means it's going to get bailed out on an international bankruptcy law. If it does not get bailed out, all you got to remember is a state is no different than an individual flesh and blood living soul Right. When it comes to bank, when it comes to law, they're they're mm-hmm. they're the same, right? So it's going to be treated the same way. But the first thing that's going to happen is is going to be given the opportunity to reconstruct this, this affairs. Like if you're dealing with bankruptcy and you got a chapter eleven, mm-hmm. excuse me, a chapter thirteen mm-hmm. for our individual. Chapter 11 is for corporations and stuff like that. But Chapter 13 is is a reconstruction of affairs. Okay, what happened to the city of Detroit? Same thing. What's going to happen to Ferguson? Probably the same thing because they just got sued. Okay, they they just got sued. Now, they're not asking for a lot of money, but what is going to end up happening is going to show their books. So it's going to show whether or not they have legitimate um, means of if they have too much of a surplus, then they're going to be in trouble with the IRS. You know, if mm-hmm. so, they they better come up with something quick because I I know those attorneys are going to figure that out. But that's what happens. They get a chance to reconstruct their affairs. If it is found that they cannot uh, reconstruct their affairs and pay it off pennies on the dollar, then the next thing that's going to happen is they may move it to a complete discharge, which will go back onto the, um, which, what you would call the federation. Okay, the federation okay. is what you call the federal government. So right. the federation, the federation is a, an extension of the confederation. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so what's going to happen is the federation it will take on the debt, forgive the state, and the Federation will work it off according to their national deficit. That's what we're okay. okay. And the only reason why I ask that because I know that there were stages, there are stages in the whole process dealing with trust. I mean, the trust comes in the state, and the state comes the state. And then I was just like, well, what happens to a state when it dies? I mean, is there anything else that it can you know, become before it dissipates or before it's, you know, eradicated or anything like that. You see what I'm saying? And you basically kind of say that they get a chance to reconstruct their affairs or they uh, the or they basically discharge it and place it back on the uh, Federation and then they basically work it off or something like that. I just thought that it just was the end of the state or something like that or the court, you know, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of like what I was thinking about. Uh, I had this conversation with one of the brothers yesterday, and um, it made me just do some studies on that particular thing. Um, when I was reading up on it, they were basically saying that usually what happens is that the state starts to, uh, they start to sell, uh, like, 
municipal bonds and all of this other different. Oh, they'll have to sell uh, municipal bonds in order to pay back uh, certain things, or they have to like renegotiate pensioners' plans and all of these other different things, and all of those other different things. But um, yeah. So well, at least I know what happens to the state, but um. Well, all those are creditors that that you're talking about, though. So just think of it as, you know, that's a creditors' meeting. That's why they have to renegotiate. Right. Those are creditors' meeting. Pension holders are creditors, meaning, look, a job may owe you a pension, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, Uh that's because in exchange for your labor in commercial affairs, if they whatever you whatever is agreed upon in the terms and conditions, the, the exchange for your labor is compensated in commerce, not in yes. Federal Reserve notes. Mm-hmm. Meaning, not what you get on a check. Mm-hmm. Let me make this clear. That's not the real compensation. It goes into a pension plan. It goes into a retirement fund. That's the real compensation. Okay. okay. Now, now, if you put that into perspective, understand that is what they owe you. Right. So that makes you the individual creditor to that said place of employment. Right. Now, this is a this is a higher lesson in thinking of how you need to be viewing it, but and it takes us time to get there because mm-hmm. mostly we just see the slave portion of it. We don't see the balance of it. And you got to mentally and spiritually deal with that. What's that, brother? No, I was about to say, but I, I see what you're saying when when you're basically saying that the pensioners become the creditors. I see how that mm-hmm. works. I see how that happens. That's interesting to know, though. Yeah. It's very simple. So those who have pension plans, Social Security being withdrawn from, if it's being withdrawn from a company, or a corporation, sometimes it's not all paid out. So sometimes it might have to come directly from them. But understand that makes you a creditor. Now, what do you think can happen if they go bankrupt and they have to fold? Like let's say the state has to, to actually fold. They would have to sell off all the property that is within it. Like, say, they'd have to sell their their city county building. They'd have to sell their government headquarters building. They'll have to sell the chairs inside the building. It would be a liquidation, okay? If you are a pension holder or if you are someone who is owed from the state, um, let's say, tax refunds, whatever, Mm-hmm. That makes you a creditor. If that if that state was to completely fold and they had to start selling stuff off and you didn't know how to collect, then you can lean that state. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you see, you can lean yes, sir. Okay, right, now because... you can, oh, go you ahead. can hold that you can hold that lien, right? Let's say the yes. lien let's say they owe you a hundred thousand dollars. You could hold that lien on the actual people that control that state uh-huh. and their bloodline, and you could put that lien on them for a hundred commercial years, and their children's children's children will be paying you back. Mm-hmm. Now, how to do that is how to 
how to do that is another level of understanding law. But it's not like it's hard, but you got to be able to spiritually stomach it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully that ain't uh, that, brother. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying completely, and it's fascinating to see it. You know, on a larger scale now, uh, than just dealing it. You know, with you as an individual, and then dealing with like, you know, like uh, banks or uh, people who give out mortgages or your credit card holders or something like that. You're talking about the uh, municipal corporations or states or counties or something like that, and I, you know, that's fascinating. So just to see it played out on a wider scale, that is beautiful. I makes you appreciate comics a little bit more because you look, you have so much to look for, and you have so much to explore. On that, I yield. Yeah, and we, you know, when you're understanding the scriptures, you got to understand it. In order to really understand the book, you got to understand it historically. You got to understand it from a national perspective as to who are the actual people that wrote this. Mm-hmm. That's necessary. But to complete your studies, you got to understand government law and commerce. You are going to be out to lunch if you don't. Believe me. You're going to be praying to all types of stuff that don't exist. You're going to be worshiping false gods. And you're going to think that you're worshiping the real God. You know, it's insane the mischief-making that goes on with this book. It's a bunch mm. of mischief-making. And a bunch of people making stuff up, you know, but ultimately you got to get that because all the, all the commercial activity that goes on today has gone on for at least 6,000 years. Well, let me say 5,000 years. It's Trust me, it's no different. Hmm. Real estate transactions are not different. There are some adjustments that were made, yes. There's slight differences in this or that, but overall it's the same. So when they deal with persons, it's no different than dealing with a house. We talk about buying, selling, and trading. Simple as that. So we got a ways to go as far as the comprehension of the people because, you know, to, to me, you got to be a complete idiot to just go to the continent of Africa, select one country, <laughs> let's call it Egypt, and decide that you come from there. And that's really ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, why am I saying that? Because all of them know that there's no connection to Egypt in the west coast of Africa culturally, historically, with the exception that some of their descendants went west, some of Ham's descendants went west. But look, there's no connection to transatlantic slave trade. There's no evidence that people were taken from Egypt in the slave trade and that they were Egyptians. Now they got a TV show coming out called King Cut, and it's got all pale faces in it. <laughs> you know. So, 
So, uh, listen, the real power, these are some bald-faced lying dogs, man. Anytime you're going to put a TV show out with King Tut as a pale face, good Lord, man. You, well, I, mean, I was going to say they, this. Uh-huh. I was going to say this. Now, I wonder how a uh, conscious chemotologist is going to stomach that. Because, <laughs> you know, they swear their chemotologist. They swear their chemic. But now they see these pale faces, they're going to be like, they're going to be blown again. Because everybody keeps telling them that they're not, you know, commit, you know, they're not chemites or chemites or hamites or whatever they want to call themselves. And the the whole world knows who they are, but they're, you know, they have that Hamite spirit on them, and they can't see outside of what they want to see. So they're going to be real mad when they see that. But, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them enjoy anybody it. Else, anybody else got anything they want to ask or bring up, anything at all? Shalom. Shalom. On our record, it's Aquanar, Tribe of Judah. I just wanted to let the nation know on that movie that you had mentioned, uh, Fast Sick, Nearly Dead, that's also in uh, Netflix. And then um, mm. also, I don't know if you would add this movie on the list, but I just saw this movie last week, brother, and I think it'd be a good addition, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And the reason mm. and the reason I say that is because I watched it last week, and in the end of that movie, they locate the ark, and there's a scene in there where the most high deal with, with Esau, and um, I just think what it says in Revelations, uh, it applies in that movie. And so I just think uh, uh, for the nation, check that movie out. And then um, I'm, I actually put some new movies in the files of the brother, so check those out. And then the last thing I wanted to say was uh, the IRS. Oh, yeah. So I had um, I had mailed a letter off to the IRS last week during the administrative process, and the funny thing was they checked on the I got a uh, there's a website called LinkedIn. It's a business website. I don't know if you heard of it, but they did a uh, inquiry on the LinkedIn to do a, a background check. So I thought that that was curious, but uh, I do know that they got a copy of my of that administrative process. So I just wanted to say that uh, the, the the information does work. And, uh, brother, you made a profound statement earlier, Brother Priest, about that Bible and why do the courts use it and no other uh, agencies use that. And I just think that, man, that, that's such a profound statement, and it does validate why the Bible is the book of choice and all the other books are pretenders. And with that, I yield. Yeah. You know what? I don't care if it's not the first book written. What what difference does that make? Then, okay, let's let's assume that you are stupid enough to believe that a, a man's son's history predates him. If you're that dumb to believe that, go right ahead. But if you're dumb enough to believe that, and you assume that Egyptology, which is the history of Ham, how can Ham being being a son of Noah? How can Ham's history predate Noah? Amen. That's just insane. That's insane. So then, if you if you approach it from that reasoning perspective, let me give you an example. Okay, Doctor Ben, may he rest in peace. Doctor Ben comes out with a timeline. 
Dr. Ben is an Ethiopian. He was an Ethiopian, which is a Cushite Hamite. Cush being a descendant of Ham, which means Ethiopians are Cushites. Cushites are Hamites. Okay. Dr. Ben comes out with a timeline that suggests that Egypt predates the Bible. Okay. Fine. But if you have any type of common sense and you know that that land was called Kemet and Kem means ham and they're the same word, then who is the Kem or ham that named it Kemet? Who is this individual or, or this body of people that named it Kemet? And why is that name in the Bible? See, you can reason around this foolishness very easily. Then it's going to make sense that, wait a minute, this is the descendant of Noah, so then his his father had to predate him, so that means maybe this timeline is off. And if it's not directly off, maybe somebody tells time differently than somebody else. Simple. Simple. That's not rocket science. But here you have people that are stupid enough to try and discredit a book that is used in a courtroom? <laughs> it's used to send them to prison? It's used to take their house, to take their car, to decide on their divorces, to decide on their marriages, to decide on their names, to decide on their business disputes. And they're that dumb. Forgive me for how I'm saying it, but it's the truth. Anybody else got anything they want to talk about, ask, or whatever? Born on the record. Uh, those those movies, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, Kids for Cash, Law-Abiding Citizen, you can find them full, the full movies on YouTube also. I've pulled all Yay, them. praise the Lord. Yeah, they're on YouTube. They have quite a few little commercials in them, but they are full movies, all three of them. Uh, also, there's a movie that they got out, Gods and Kings, Exodus. I looked at it, you know, it's kind of nauseating to the fact that they have all pale faces in there, but that's a reality. Uh, also, uh, to bring a alert to the Albanos over there in Africa, they're being killed um, more so oh, now wow. for their limbs and, you know, parts like that. They believe that, you know, there's magical things for, you know, these limbs and stuff. And I wanted to ask the question, Arabs, uh, what are they a descendants of? And with that, I yield. Well, they're descendants of Abraham, they're Ishmaelites. So... They're now they're pale now today, but they didn't used to be that way. Now they're pale from all the inbreeding and all the stuff that that goes on. But that's the different. The, the thing is, although they follow what they call Islam, Islam is the Hebrew faith, mm-hmm. or is a derivative of it. Simple as that. Simple as that. There's just nothing else to it. So we do. We should pay them some type of respect and understanding that they got a blessing from Abraham in the sense of they had the knowledge passed down to them on how to govern themselves and run government. That is why Islam established the caliphate or a caliph or a caliph or whatever you say, which is basically um, a replacement king. 
Mm. Okay, so, and they're functioning in an independent government, and some of them did not join the International Monetary Fund, and the ones that didn't, then America went after them, and they went after the, to the contract with them. That's how they got them all mixed up in this stuff now. But there's some of them countries that ain't going for it. They will not contract with the beast. They know better. But, you know, now they're idolaters, and they're crazy as hell, and they've taken a lot of this stuff out of context. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they're Ishmaelites. They're the ones that were given the, the blessing when the 12 uh, tribes fell asleep. Then the Lord chose the 12 sons of, of Ishmael to pass a blessing to. And you see that they're living out their blessing. They got land, they got oil, mm-hmm. and they got power. Yeah. Okay, us, look at our brothers and sisters here in the Western Hemisphere, even the ones in Canada, and they don't control their land or their oil. The ones in Central and South America, they don't control the government. So they don't even control the land, really. They just think they do. They don't. If they controlled it, it would be named what they wanted it to be named. But essentially, whenever the United States federal government decides to step in and deal with Central and South America, they do. And they do whatever they want to do because essentially it belongs to them. Anybody else? Um, Shalom. Point on the record, this is Minister Cedric. Um, I... Um, was reading through the book of Esdras uh, one day, and then I noticed something uh, that I had seen throughout all the other different books, like the book of Moses, the book of Ezra. Um, I think, yeah, the book of Moses and the book of Ezra. No, the book of uh, Exodus and the book of, uh, and, uh, book of Ezra and Esdras. And I noticed that there was this thing where uh, they would basically say, like, take, like, they would go into, like, a little, like, this thinking mode for, like, 40 days. But what I, I, it was more in uh, detail with Esdras, like, uh, there was a part in Esdras where the Most High was talking with Esdras or Esdras was talking to at least an angel, at least I think, and he was basically talking about taking five men and basically writing these books, <clears throat> writing these books, and I think they did it in like 40 days. But it made me think, because I've seen, it made me think about Moses and when he was on the mountain for 40 days. And it was someone else who went somewhere for 40 days. And I was just wondering, brother, like, what is this significant, uh, this, uh, the significance with this 40 days and these, I guess you can say these prophets, uh, at these particular uh, times in history were 40 days at that particular time, the time that it took to write these uh, laws, if you will. I mean, that's just something I just wanted to know. Well, this is a natural, the best way I can explain it, it's dealing with natural law. Now, it's kind of difficult for me to explain it, but I'll do the best I can. Yes, sir. Um, 
um, you, everybody knows that there's 360 degrees in the circle, and it can be broken down into four different parts. Mm-hmm. The four different parts represent when you're living them out, natural law in relationship to to uh, the changing of seasons. So seasons happen in four parts, three months in each part, 90 days. It's a scientific thing cause, because when you're dealing with um, the science of it, the nine is going to be broken down to where it's going to equal to 360. Okay, so when you're living, as they would say, a lot of the uh, the older Hebrews would tell you, um, your first cycle, how can I put this? You're supposed to live 120 years. Okay, you know how people die when they're 60, in their 60s, uh, people die in their 70s, 80s. You're supposed to live a minimum of 120 years. So uh, in the Hebrew thought, every 40 years is the completion of a slice of the pie, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So when you deal with the mathematics of days, it's just the microcosmic expression of dealing with the divine science, which is a a form of completion, a wow. form of because um, see when you once you once you hit the the said age of forty, trust it if you haven't if you haven't lived it yet if you haven't hit your the age of forty, you won't exactly. You won't exactly uh, feel this until there's a shift that goes on with you physically. It goes on with you mentally. There's a, it's different than when it's like from 20 to from 16 to 18. It's different than 20 or 21. It's different than 30. There's a distinct shift at the age of 40, even in your reasoning abilities. That's because there's a science aligned with nature. So if you break down 120 years, three cycles of 40 years would be what you are guaranteed, what you're supposed to be guaranteed if you live according to these laws. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you should be at least 160 years old before you leave this earth. Okay. That'd be a blessing. At least. So, and there are people recorded that are, that are older than 160, by the way. Hopefully that answers. Yes, sir. Um, I, I also wanted to just say this right quick. I saw a video um, that was posted on Facebook not too long of the uh, uh, sister Lefa, Lisa Lefa Lopez, Miss um, U.S. in peace. She did a video about the water um, in Honduras when she was out there with Dr. Sabi. And she basically said this about the water in conjunction to the water in the United States. She says that the water there has a pH balance of 8 point something. I forgot. She said usually the water in the United States is like 7.0 like or something like that. 
But anything like right around eight, it starts instantaneously killing off viruses and bacteria and diseases. And she said that you, she said she urged whoever was there with her at that particular time to take advantage of taking the baths daily and drinking as much water. She said because when you get to the United States, when you get back to the United States, you're going to smell the chlorine in the water because you've been taking a bath in that water and drinking that water so long. And she said, you're going to know the difference. She said, because when I got back to the United States and I started taking showers in the United States water after taking, you know, baths in the water in Honduras, she said her skin started burning. She said her, her skin was literally burning uh, because she had started, her body was cleansing itself with all that water. And I'm thinking it was that, it might have just been that water that was keeping you know, people like Abraham and Noah and all these other different people who live all these years, that's probably what was keeping these folks alive so long because that water was so, it was so healthy. The earth was way much healthier back then. So that's probably why the folks lived a long time as well. But just the information she gave about the water, I was just like, man, that was deep. So um, you, you learn something new every day. I yield on that, brother. You know what, brother? That water is all over the earth. <laughs> it's when these insane people go tampering with it. Mm-hmm. So now, of course, there's some things you do need to do. Like you shouldn't be um, defecating in the water that you're gonna drink. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. But there's natural spring water running off of the rocks that you can drink, particularly in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is the healthiest thing for you. So, you know, I think you're talking about the last day of the left eye. Yeah, that's what I was about. talking about. There's a video that has said yeah. right around that time. Yeah, she did that. Um, well, she she did that 40-day fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, after she completed it, she died. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so anybody else got anything they want to ask or talk about? Sock Bernard, Tribe of Judah. I just want to add on to what the brother was speaking on about that water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what the machine that I have, it produces that water. So at least Lisa left eye was correct. And, um, you can smell the chlorine in this water. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a machine, just like we had talked about in previous uh, audios, you can take some baking soda and a glass of water and make your own alkaline water in your house or get some lemons and do the same thing until you're ready to get, uh, give me a call and get a machine. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to say this, that um, uh, Brother Hakeem's listening and broadcasting right now. And then the last thing was um, if you get into the Hebrew uh, University, I put I posted up some new things in the um, I guess in that in the blog section is that yeah in the blog section I think so I put some new information in there for everybody uh, some new PDFs and some new uh, videos and I yield. Shut up, brother. So you know. Um, We've. I, I want to speak about us doing this real estate investment program 
be I'm gonna be just really bluntly honest here, okay? So hopefully this doesn't offend some of the people that were assigned to different positions have not been active for whatever reason. So I don't want this to sound negative, but I just had to make sure that nobody gets offended by me stating that they're not, they haven't been active. Uh, So for whatever reason, now there could be personal life issues, of course, but that is why we haven't been able to pick up again with the mock purchases because some of the people haven't been in class, and that's why. Now, listen, I keep stressing this, and I just want to share with everybody with love. I personally needed this time and maybe even a little more time to deal with my own life issues and mental stability <laughs> because um, as I, Bernard and I, we spoke on earlier this week, listen, when you really get deep into this information and the lessons that we have in this, in this nation, you're going to see, progressively see, like left eye saw that can smell that chlorine, you're going to see the mental illness of the people around you. Mm. And you're going to it's going to come out clear every day. Now, you may ignore it, and you may get used to your life routine and ignore it, but if it comes down to really up close and personal situations to where you start trying to reason with someone, it's really going to show his face. Well, I got <laughs> I, I to state this. I got to state this. Sisters, respect these brothers. Sisters, respect these brothers. Because sisters have been blessed with a curse of a mouth sometimes. It's a blessing and a curse. But you got to respect these brothers and give them room to grow. And if you know women around you, that you see disrespecting these brothers. I want to encourage you. You make up your own mind, but I want to encourage you to pull them aside and give them another way because you have a power in your tongue that does something to us as men. It can motivate us or it can push us away. And you won't understand that, and you may think he's weak if he gets pushed away by your mouth. But he's not weak. He's a man. And, brothers, you know I very rarely say anything to the sisters because the real problem is you. The real problem is us as men. The problem is us. We got to correct ourselves first and stop trying to blame her for every damn thing. And she needs to stop blaming us for everything. But 
I'm saying this because the mental illness of the people is to this magnitude. The children rule over them. Book of Isaiah chapter 3, I think it is. The children rule over them. Here's what happens. Single mothers out there, disenchanted with the father of their children, can very easily, without even trying, teach their offspring to disregard the value of a man. I don't care how broken that man is. I don't care how lousy he has been. He's still the biological father of these children. Mm-hmm. And if you got enough love in you and you know how to check yourself, sister, you can bring him back to life with the pure love out of you. Now, I understand the anger and I understand the pain and disappointment. But there's a way that you can deal with a man, and he could be a foolish man. He could be the type of guy that does not make the best decisions. But you and all the cunning wiles of your nature can speak to him with your tongue and and, and give him something to latch on to to resurrect this man. And you can help him to see the right thing and start making better choices. And then he can become the man that you've been looking for in him. Because a lot of the sisters, I'm not saying there's anybody here, by the way. I'm not really speaking to anybody here. I'm really speaking in general, but I want us all to hear this. Because when when Art Bernard and I were speaking earlier this, this week, I'm telling you, your offspring is going to repeat your sins. And it's not something that you consciously do. No. It's not just women. It's not just men. It's both of us that our children are going to repeat it. Just please bear with me. Let me get this out. Please let me get this out. And I'm saying this to us because the mental illness is propagated and multiplied. And the deeper you get into these studies, the more you see it. And these children ruling over us, and here's how they do it. Don't you ever in your damn life allow children to dictate what is supposed to happen in your disciplining them and teaching them and educating them. And I first want to say this to the sisters, because we've been disenchanted from the man, and we haven't seen real brothers standing up being men no more. So what it does is once you run into one, you know, if if you're single, which most of us in this nation are not, but the ones that are, if you're single and you run into a man, you don't know how to deal with him, and definitely not intimately. And he may not know how to deal with you necessarily, but 
the intimacy is all wrong, and what's being passed down to these children is disrespect to their parents by something as simple as not making children your damn peers. And we got to cut this crap out from these people around us, man, that think that they can get with their children to be their best damn friend. Your child ain't going to like every decision you make when you're their authority. They're not going to always like it, and they shouldn't always like it. When you're wrong about something and you get punished about it, then you're not going to like being punished about it, but then you need to reflect and correct yourself and learn from your punishment. Why am I being punished? And I'm saying this because the children rule over us in their in our in our dress code. Look at these. I I saw I saw a a, a bone thugs in harmony on um uh sports center or one of one of those type of things. I saw naughty by nature. These men are in their mid forties, dressing like they're sixteen year olds. This is ridiculous. And then here's the here's the sick thing is they all believe in their minds that they have to do that in order to appeal to the masses of people, in order to, quote, unquote, look young, stay young. Part of growing older is to grow older and wiser and better. It doesn't make you obsolete or, 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 or of no value to grow older. It doesn't make you of no value to have, to have uh, gray hair. That's a sign of wisdom. So a lot of times in the failure of quote-unquote parenting, what you find is you're trying to turn to your children as your peers and trying to let them have a voice that they should not have with you as a parent. And it is not wrong. It's not wrong. Now, if you're wrong, then what you're going to do with the children is wrong. It is correct for us to set a standard of discipline. Spare the rod, spoil the child. It is correct. Sparing the rod doesn't mean that you just don't spank them. It's not that you just do spank them. Spanking is as much mental as it is physical, and it is more mental than physical. So what I'm saying to you, I am absolutely fed up with the buffoonery of these Negroes. I don't see, I live around our Issacharite brothers and sisters. They don't disrespect me as a man. Whether they like me or not, because I'm a Negro, that's a whole other issue. But they never show me disrespect. Our children are the most disrespectful, savage dogs walking this earth that they can't even sit in a damn classroom in a public school and respect their teachers. When I was in school, our teachers would paddle us, and we respected them. But these savage dogs today... You let them try it. Let let one of these teachers try to paddle one of these students, and they're going to call the police on them and all types of other things. What these caucus always do, 
with their, their, their business. I'm talking about stuff we can control right now. And one thing we can control right now is start telling these parents and the people around you, brothers and sisters, that they need to get their damn act together and start teaching some discipline to these damn children. Because otherwise, why do you think they're going to snipe, a police officer is going to snipe a, a young girl? When it's a Negro, they're savage dogs. They have no discipline. They're going to keep killing us. They're going to keep killing us because of what we're not doing, which is we're not properly putting our relationship down with these children. And so, yes, I'm not in a place where, where Ferguson is. I'm not where South Carolina is. I'm not in Chicago. I don't see this stuff directly. But every time I'm around a Negro where I am in Texas, every time a Negro walks down the street, everybody around them is looking at them to do something wicked, including me. And I have to be on guard every time I'm around them. And you got to be looking for them to open their mouth to try to hustle you or looking for them to open their mouth to try to distract you and knock you over the head. There's something wrong with these Negroes and they're savages. And, and, and all these conscious Negroes, Kimataji that, Hebrew this, Pan-African that, they're as savage as the damn savage dogs in the street. They're dividing the people and they're making us enemies out of one another. And they're further dividing our people with a bunch of nonsense. Because when it comes down to it, look, do we all universally agree that gravity exists? Okay, well, why can't we just sit down and universally agree on what's right and what's wrong and stop arguing about history and debating about history you can tell the people are not in the right mind according to their ancestors because their ancestors wrote and created and made history. So we're the after effect of that, right? But once we return to our right mind, we'll be writing and creating history, meaning you won't be arguing about so much as where you descend from from a bloodline. Because you understand the science and the technology that they utilize to establish that. They use law. They use law. That's all it was. And there's really no arguing there. So I want to impede upon us. Be your brothers and sisters keepers. And tell them to stop this foolishness with these children being their goddamn peers. Because this is nonsense, man. And, and, and listen, if the police don't kill off the rest of these niggas, they're going to be lucky if, if the Hebrews don't do it. Because the scriptures tell you when you got an unruly child to bring them before the public square, and if they're found guilty, they will be put to death. They'll be stoned to death. I don't want to see these day come where they're going to continue to slaughter these people. They, it's really nothing you can really do except for re-instill solid morals. I don't want to have to suffer the disrespect from these dumbass children. And I'm saying it how it needs to be said. I'm not being vulgar. When I'm saying dumb and ass, I'm talking about an actual jackass or a mule. Okay? 
which is a crossbreed. And that's what they are. They're a crossbreed of Hebrews and Romans. Mentally they are, even if they're not physically crossbreed, they're mentally backwards and can't it like a like the, the ass can't reproduce itself biological biologically, it is born sterile. Okay, well, guess what? These children are born mentally sterile. They cannot reproduce themselves. They cannot reproduce positivity. Fifty cent for God's sakes. Forty year old man calling themselves fifty cent and he's a millionaire and dresses like a 16-year-old. And it's, it's ridiculous. And I'm saying this because, look, the more you grow, the more you're going to start to see, and you're not going to stand for this. And you shouldn't have to. Brothers, don't be afraid to express yourself and be angry about this damn foolishness. Be angry with it, but control your anger. Don't act on it irrationally. These children are not going to learn to respect us until we stop making them the forerunners. Another thing, this is what really came up with me. This goddamn godforsaken movie, Home Alone. (laughs) Funniest movie you can see. But I started to think about this and realize this. Macaulay Coughlin, his life is destroyed. He's mentally ill now and all messed up. But look at the movie. He's in the movie outthinking adults. I don't know any child that's going to have some burglars break in their house and the first thing they're going to do is set booby traps and laugh. Most child, children are scared of their own damn shadows at eight years old. And I started thinking the psychological shift that took place when this movie started coming up. Because I ain't never seen such disrespect. When I think about what, was, what it was like before that movie, I just recently realized this. The people were not as disrespectful towards their elders before that movie. When that movie came out, there was a total difference. And I'm saying they think they're smarter than you. They think that they're smarter than you simply because they can type on a computer and do certain things you don't necessarily have familiarity with. And in them thinking that, they don't have real respect for us. So we got to have a solution. Uh, Our solution is check yourself. Second solution know how to deal with your children and put them in their place. And then share that with your brothers and sisters. Forgive me, but I had to say it. I yield. We thank you for saying that, brother. Um, this is uh, Minister Cedric. And just to add on to what you were speaking about um, children, uh, they're basically, uh, I guess you can say, they're selling this idea of children uh I guess you could say forerunning the homes. You see it a lot on like a lot of these different uh, networks, like the Disney Channel and uh, Nickelodeon. I saw I, I was coming in one night, and um, it was on the Disney Channel, of course. And uh, the lady from Two Two Seven was on this Disney show. It was just two cockles like little young teenage girls. You know that's what they're basically showing now. These young. Uh, Caucasoid, witty, 
uh, teenage kids who supposedly know more than the adults. And I was looking at the role that uh, was what's the lady off of 227, Sandra Clark, the lady who played Sandra Clark. Beautiful woman, as she was back then. They had this woman playing a, a homeless person on a subway train who was supposedly, I guess you can say, uh, I guess you can say bipolar, schizophrenic, on a Disney show. And, like, they had her, like, whacked out on a Disney show, and the kids were just kind of, like, mocking her. The two Caucasoid girls, they were, like, mocking her and, like, are you sitting here on the train? Like, all you do is sit here in the train, and they had her playing this part where she was just like, oh, I sit on the train, and I just look at people in their lives, and, oh, I talk to the birds in the train. You know, and I was just like, the the people and the producers who are writing these shows <clears throat> are promoting this idea that the children should basically be the adults, and the adults should be the children. And I'm trying to figure out what is it that they're – what is it? What is the gain from all of that? Because it looked like since that promotion, the children have only become, like you say, unruly and seem to become more arrogant and more divisive in their ways, and the parents have become more softer and uh, a little bit ignorant in their discipline. So, yeah, I see what you're saying, bro. Like, it's horrible. And you. Well, look at this. Well, look, look. at this. Look. No. I grew up a, a Leave It to Beaver fan, right? I love yeah. Leave It to Beaver. You wouldn't find a Leave It to Beaver. You wouldn't find Beaver or Wally disrespecting their parents. Now, now that Eddie Haskell, you know, he was one that was trying to outsmart his parents. It's been there subtly, yes. But I'm talking about where there was a shift like night and day. Same thing that happened with Ellen. All of a sudden, lesbianism and homosexuality became really, quote-unquote, the end thing after Ellen got on TV. And there was Ferris Bueller, who came out before Home Alone, outsmarting his parents. It's always been there because Caucasians, that's how they are, period. That's their culture. But I'm talking about when this is just totally leaked into our community and has taken over. Shalom. Shalom, bro. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh, for for Who's us, there? this uh, shalom, this out here. Uh, for yes. for us, for us, I thought the movie was fresh, cause fresh. I mean, even though it that's was that's a good one. Like uh, uh, a hood changer, we 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 start acting different after we seen fresh. Very true. With that idea. That's very true. It's like overall, all I'm saying is look at the fact that look, listen, listen to this. When you punish your children, if you do it properly, don't feel guilty about it. Sisters, don't feel guilty about it. If you know that what you're doing is right, because sisters can be a little bit emotional about it, and particularly if you're going to deal with a man that's not having it, don't be emotional about it. 
We're not here to abuse them. And punishing them is not abusing them. For when they are wrong, that is not abusing them. So don't give in and get weak. I would suggest everybody read Shahrazad Ali's book, The Black Man's Guide to Understand the Black Woman. But you must negate one thing she talks about with the man hitting a woman, smacking her in the mouth or something like that. Just negate that. But everything else in it, from what I recall, not everything, but a, a, a lot of it is very useful information. And I'm saying this because it tells you, brother, she has other books that tell you different things, but it tells you how a woman can undermine a man in this way. If the man is is, is the disciplinarian of, of the family, sometimes that's not the case, but for the most part, that's his role. And then the sister goes and is whispering in the child's ear, don't worry about that, you know, we'll do this, this, and this, contrary to what the man and the woman have agreed upon. Because whenever you instill discipline in your children, brothers, you don't want to just do it just based off of you. You want to consult with the sister and come to an agreement about the things that you, the two of you agree should be instilled as disciplinary system to your children. That's important. But, brother, you don't want to go whispering this child's ear undermining the sister, and sister, you don't want to go whispering this child's ear, undermining the brother. And what both of you agree to. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And then getting weak and emotional about it. Or maybe we should just, listen, Lot's wife tried that, and plenty of women in, in the scriptures tried that. And look what happened to them. The brothers, they tried not listening to sound reasoning. Look what happened to them. Destroyed. Look what happened to all our people that lost solid foundation of a moral capacity of disciplining these children. I, for one, have had it. And I am done, 100% done, with dealing with another disrespectful Negro. I'm done with it. I don't care who they are or where they come from. If that's what they if that's how they're gonna conduct themselves, I'm not dealing with them. If anybody can change. Anybody can come in the tone and apologize. But if that's how they're gonna conduct themselves, they are not worthy. Listen to me. They're not worthy for your compassion. The Lord ain't going to spare them. Nature ain't going to spare them. They're going to be put to death. It's not worth wasting your time crying and moaning over what these savages amongst us will not do. All of us are not savages. Of course not. Some of us need guidance. 
We need information. There's a lot of us out there that need that. But one of the standards has to be in how you can conduct yourself as a man and a woman, man. We and we don't know, and they pass it on to their children. The, the children are lucky that I don't go around and smack them in the mouth. Seriously. Because you're not going to disrespect your mama in front of me, period. If I would have disrespected my mother in front of my teachers, they would have physically beat me down. Matter of fact, the brothers in the hood would have beat me down back in the day. Just the local brothers in the hood. Oh, man, you ain't supposed to talk to your mama like that. You ain't supposed to talk to your parents like that. But the big deal when I was younger was if you said something about somebody's mama, they was ready to kill you. If you talk down on somebody's mama or you disrespected your own mama, they were ready to kill you. We lost that understanding. There's so much I'm going to take personally in my personal life from children. I'm not going to lash out on them just because they don't know no damn better. I'm not saying that. But I I do not have to deal with them. And I'm not going to. I'm I'm separating from all of them. This is me. You make up your own mind, but I'm telling you I'm dealing with it because it's, it's better I do that than I just go around putting these niggas to death. <laughs> you know, nature is taking care of them. You see it. There's the angel of the spirit of death. The angel of death is upon our people. These police officers are killing them with the spirit of the angel of death because we are unruly and out of order. That's all it is, man. That's all it is. And they want to make it racism. Well, hell, man. If the father's ain't in the damn home with his sorry self and the mother's got a supplement for every damn thing, what do you think is going to happen to these children when they don't know how to deal with authority figures and obey laws? They're going to get murdered, and they're going to associate with the wrong types of people and get into the wrong types of atmospheres so where even if they are innocent in this situation, they're going to be put in atmospheres that put them in danger. Now, how do we stop that? Here's how we stop it. All you got to do is share with one of your brothers and sisters some standards, for God's sake, of how we need to be conducting ourselves. That's really important, I yield. Anybody want to talk about anything at all? Shalom, brother. Out here, uh, you 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 right, and it, it's a lot of young children. They they that's why they reason they die because they mouth, you know, they mouth get them, they mouth get them in a lot of situations that they, you know, they life itself take them out of it, you know, and not the uh, not a how you say it, not a not a conversation take them out of it. They they they. They they in the gangs and all this other stuff and it was it was it wasn't as bad as it was back then as it is now and I just wanted to uh, reflect on the movie situation the the Home Alone uh, could it be that when they throw movies out like that and they know how the children gonna react so the parents get in disarray because the children acting up. And they go ahead and do something else to get our mind further away from what we're supposed to be doing. Now, that was just my thoughts on it. And with that, I yield. Of course, brother. But, you know, Caucasian people are already like that. They they 
really didn't know how to do proper parenting anyway. I'm not attacking them, but all of us know that there's certain things about that every Negro knows there's certain things about Caucasian culture that's just really out of order. And, and one of them is, you know, this whole timeout thing with their children. You know, <laughs> and then, allowing them damn children to talk to their mama like that. You know, like, the hell with that, man. You're not going to talk to your mama like that in my presence. Period. You're going to get your behind beat if you disrespect your mother. The greatest creation God made, you're going to disrespect her? The one that brought you life to this? She gave, she gave you life from within her own womb, man. I don't care what kind of condition she's in. I don't give a damn if she's a crackhead whore. You don't disrespect her and talk to her in a certain kind of way. You can disagree with her. I'm not saying you can't. But there's certain types of respect that you need to have for your mother and father. But I'm saying it about the, about the mothers because she is the most valuable and delicate in this situation. You know, she needs to be respected at all times. At all times. Now, some of them are disrespectful to others, and they bring it upon themselves. But that's because they did not have a balance of a mother and a father, usually. That's, or they didn't get what they needed in their life. So just keep that in mind. So anybody else want to talk about anything? The movie. Salam, um, one on the record. Salam, one on the record. My phone on the record. This is Akpatrice Trotter, mm-hmm. Levi. Um, yeah, I came in a little late, but I remember uh, when I first came in because I was taking, I was, I was traveling, uh, you know, public transportation, so I lost service. But uh, you mentioned something. You mentioned a, a book or a, no? It was a movie uh, dealing with the courts, and it was it was uh, it was corrupt. Apparently, like the it was it was kind of corrupt or something. I think you mentioned that at the beginning. Kids for cash. Kids for cash. Kids for cash? Yeah. Okay, okay. Kids for cash. And then the second one was Fat and Sick, I believe. Was that was that it? Fat, fat and sick? sick and Nearly Dead. Fat Sick, okay. Apparently, you, uh, Ima Yaru said you can see all of these on YouTube. So look them up on YouTube, but... um. If not, just try it on Netflix because uh, Bernard said it's on Netflix. And I know you can get Netflix free for, like, what, like 30 days free? So, you know, you can at least do that. But <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's imperative. It's imperative that we see this. Kids for cash. Okay. The movie, Home, the, the movie Home Alone was um, done in 1990. And uh, I raised two granddaughters from um, 1992, and there was one that was 1994. I raised them when they were babies. Um, You speak of, okay, at that particular time, it was a traumatic change in the behavior of children because I had a daughter at that time. She was like three or four years older than them. And because of society and how they say you can't uh, do certain things to your children, like spank them, you have to go to court, this, that, and the other, now them girls are 20, 21, 22, somewhere like that. Um, the, the rules in my house is if you can't follow my rules, I don't care who you are. If you're my own flesh and blood or someone else, you cannot abide here. If you come in this house, you cannot talk crazy to me. you got to go. 
Because, see, I will jack you up, and then I will call the police. I did call the police one time, jacking up one of my children, and told them, if they cannot mind me, they got to go. I'll deal with you in court, see you in court. I don't play with my daughters. One's 38, one's 42, and one's 26. I don't play with them. I just recently, two, three, four months ago, jacked up my 26-year-old because she wanted to talk crazy to me. I put her in a headlock. I put her in a headlock and told her I will take your life. So I don't play when it comes to my children or anybody else's children. I do stress to my daughters because they are young and they have a tendency. They want to play with a man in the sense of love. And like I told them, this is a time in your life when you need to latch on to some man. And all the men that they have met love them. But these girls seem to think that's a fad and want to do what they want to do. And like I told them, you have to latch on to these men. A man that cares about you, you got to appreciate that. Number one, a man is supposed to be the ruler of the house. It doesn't mean that they abuse their women. They're supposed to love their women like they love themselves. I was raised up under my parents. They stayed together for some years, and I learned these disciplines. You know, I learned these disciplines, and I I do tell young women, young men, all of them call me, talk to me, and I give them advice. So it, it, you're right, brother priest. It's it's um you know when they took all this discipline away, then these women they look at these TVs, listen to the radio, dress a certain way, do a certain thing, and they say. I don't need a man, but yet still they're without money, they're without stability, you know, so it's really tremendously changed, but I do see a horizon because I know a lot of young men, which is what it's going to take these men to stand up, they're taking their children now, they're raising their children, so eventually, after the ones have been weeded out, the women has been weeded out, the women will start going back that way, and with that, I yield. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Praise the Lord. Praise you all Lord. heard it from e- the, our Ema. You heard it. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, you don't ever hear me talk disrespectfully to anybody, really. You don't hear me talk disrespectfully. I just tell the truth, and sometimes it hurts. But I don't talk disrespectfully to anybody. Now, if I have to talk disrespectfully to somebody, or it is perceived as that way, it's usually because they are a real straight-up savage. Like sometimes I've been in the streets, okay? I was a street preacher. I was out here talking to crackheads and, and gangbangers. I was out here trying to help them. And there are countless number of people in my life that I was in the streets counseling, countless number of people that I helped get off drugs, countless number of people I helped get out of gangbanging. And you got to get... You got you. You can't come with them being a chump. You can't do it. They're gonna see it and they're gonna try you. You know, and when they try you, they're trying to take your life. But my reputation in the streets in Detroit, don't mess with him. Because if you mess with him, then you mess with all of us. All the crackheads and, and drug dealers and pimps in the neighborhoods respected me to the point where they would come to my aid. If somebody tried to do anything to me, it was just understood, particularly in my neighborhoods, it was understood, don't mess with him or everybody going to come down on you. Mm. That's the God's truth. Up until the time that I, I relocated, which, I mean, I kind of like, I, I still have location in Detroit, but I just, I'm in Texas now. 
I'm saying we need this. We need this to return. So please don't be offended. Please don't be offended. I do not mean any harm. I know that some people may not like the harshness of how I'm describing it. I don't mean any harm. Please, if if you're offended, it's not me talking about anybody directly because I get accused of that. People think I'm talking about them, but what's really happening is I'm talking about the situation, and the situation happens to fit this individual, and they start to feel convicted. They feel convicted, and they feel the shame. And rather than deal with their own conviction and their own shame, they will try to shift the blame back on you, okay? That is why you have societies, such as when you read about us in the Scriptures, and the Jews turned against, quote-unquote, Jesus, because they didn't want to hear that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to hear they were wrong to the point where Pontius Pilate, a Roman, they told him to kill him. He was like, this man is a Roman. It's like, this man has done nothing. He's done nothing. And they were like, kill him. All because he came to tell them to straighten their act up. Now, Mm. we've learned since then. We learned from his example. We've learned how to talk to them. And right now, they might even call for your death. They will definitely plot your death. Or they'll plot your demise. But when you know how to deliver this, and it's going to take some of us time, then you will win them over with them being able to reflect upon themselves. Sometimes it's going to hurt when they hear it, but they need it, damn it. They need it. It, it, This is just, it, it, it disgusts me so much. I am so disgusted with it that I understand why our people have been treated this way? Because they are absolutely dense, stiff-necked, hard-necked, rebellious. They reject truth. And they. And here's the thing. Sometimes you have to side with truth over, as you hear Ima Yaruf talking about, over what you call your love for your children. Mm-hmm. Because, because listen, a lot of this stuff that you call love is really hate. You hate to deal with truth. You hate to deal with reality. And you hate to tell them the truth about themselves so they can correct themselves. You rather deal with them disrespecting you and acting all types of ways and going out in the public and getting murdered. And they want to cry later on and ask for $75,000 when your children need to be corrected and disciplined at home. And what the elders that trained me, they said that this is one thing I'll never forget. They said the little bit of mercy we're going to show you is just going to be shy of what these people in these streets out here, what these Romans are not going to show you. Mm. And in that, I used to think, I'm telling you, I used to think my teacher was cruel as hell to people. I used to think he was cruel. But I kept noticing he never got angry with me, not once, the whole time I was under my teacher. I'm not saying I did everything right, 
but I noticed the difference in how he dealt with me and how he dealt with other people. And I would be like saying to myself, why is it that he treats me different? Then I realized I act differently. <laughs> I realized it. I act differently. My parents taught me to act a certain type of way, and I kept that. And I realized the way that he acted towards others was not the way that he acted towards me. Now, I'm saying that because I used to really think he was cruel. But in the end, what I saw, the results that I saw was disciplined people. People he would take and, and, and clean them up from heroin abuse. And he could do it in 72 hours and they'd be free of heroin, free of crack abuse. He would he would do this, man. I witnessed these people do this. And sometimes they need to get down and dirty to do it. But they showed me as an example that it can be done. I just want to share this with you all. It is pertinent that you listen. Lies and fairy tales Start with whispers. Well, why can't we use that in the form of truth? Mm. And what I mean is you pull somebody aside. You, It don't have to be a situation that occurs. <clears throat> Reason with them. Offer things to them. Don't shove it down their throat. Don't, don't just do that. Find a way to respectfully and kindly make suggestions to them. That they consider that they can consider in their problem solving. You know what I mean? Like, if a lot of the problem is our problem solving is wrong, right. meaning you're going to surrender to the emotions of a child crying. When I tell that damn child to take your behind to sleep, and the child starts whining and crying, you're not supposed to buckle. And be like, why don't you, why don't you let them stay up for another half? Now, it ain't gonna hurt, woman. Don't you ever come to me with that kind of foolishness. Don't do it. Not, it's not gonna work with me. I'm nice and respectful, but I am not gonna put up with some foolishness like that. Now, can we talk about reasoning with these things? Yes. Can we discuss adjusting their schedule? Yes. But if I tell that damn child to be in the bed at 9, and they're supposed to be in the bed at 9, damn it, they're going to be in the bed at 9. I'm not going to get undermined. And if they're not in the bed at 9, they're going to get their behind whooped. And they're going to get punished. And then they're going to learn how to respect their teachers and their elders and their mother. And then they're going to learn how to respect police officers and judges and attorneys. That's where they're going to learn it from. But because there ain't been no man because he don't chumped out, you know, a lot of these, they don't chumped out, okay. They, they don't, they're not putting it down with, in their homes no more. And you got to do it. James Evans was the best father that ever was on TV. Good times. That was the best father to ever be on TV. Far better than the Cosby show. That was a man, 
and he was unapologetic for being a man. He loved his woman. He loved his children, and he was not having it. He was not having it. So forgive me, but listen, this is passionate in me because I'm out here every day doing business all over the place. Sometimes I'm indoors for long periods of time working, doing paperwork, doing computer stuff, whatever. But when I do go out in the public and see how people react to us, how we conduct ourselves, it's not a mystery to me why the cops keep gunning them down. It's not a mystery. One bad apple makes us all look bad. Mm-hmm. If you if you dress like them, these savage dogs, if you dress like them, you're going to be treated like them. If you talk like them, you're going to be treated like them. you got to differentiate yourself and your demeanor and how you carry yourself. That's the point. And then people know that you are not like those others. That's how they know. Anybody else want to talk about anything? I, I only got about seven minutes left, but. Anybody want to talk about anything? So, um, one on the record, this is Archbishop Tribe Levi. Uh, yeah, just really quick. Um, I was on Podomatic, I believe it was. Yeah, and there were, yeah, it was Podomatic. And there were a bunch of audios. Like, I, I don't know, I didn't go through all the pages. But a lot of them are actually not available. Like, you can't play them anymore. Um, I was wondering you know, if you would be posting those back up anytime soon or if there would be a way I would, or any of us would be able to listen to them. I don't know. Cause some of them have really interesting titles and, you know, stuff like that. So. Um, some of them are on the tribe's website. Um, some of them are lost because what happened was, since that time, some of them I did in 2010. I started on Podomatic. I did in 2010 and 2011. Some of them were on hard drives that crashed. So some of them I've lost. But um, uh, some of them are on Podomatic. I mean, they're on the website, Tribe's website. And um, actually, it's funny as you say that because um, once the radio station launches, they're going to be on 24-hour uh, replay. So all those ones that, that are, are salvaged, they're actually on there now. You just can't hear it because we ain't officially launched it. But the ones that did get salvaged, they're going to be on 24-hour replay. It's just going to be everything we always have done and everything we've done, you'll be able to go onto the radio and listen to them replaying and some of them will be on demand because it's an on-demand section on the on the uh, radio thing where you can listen to a particular one on demand. So hopefully that helps, brother. Okay. Are we are we going to have uh, continue uh, you know uh, rip class because you know I mean are we going to get it changed around or something so we can continue on this path of doing this? Doing uh, what? The, uh, which the, one? Real estate. Real estate. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. Um I I just didn't talk about it today because um one the people uh haven't been present for us to do the mock stuff and two uh my mind personally isn't really there today because it's the funeral day and 
um, you know, we had a lot of things we were preparing for for today. And um, so we'll continue, though. We're, we're not going to get off of it. We're going to continue this until somebody makes a breakthrough. We send our love to Sister Tora also. And yes, you know, we do. We do. We, you know, and, and for her to return safely. Praise the Lord, because I need her to return safely. Believe oh. me. <laughs> Believe Shalom. me. Shalom. Will we in the future, uh, after we advance, you know, further on up in the class, will we be having these mock, like you had a mock real estate, will we do that like in a trial, like in a court system, you know, in certain situations? You know how different folks playing different things. Uh, yeah, of course. Now we we were we actually going to have an actual trial. Um, we're going to have an actual trial over some concerning somebody that um is is inactive. Now, I, this has been in the plans since about eight months ago, but, you know, a lot of stuff comes up, and it takes time. It takes time to get some of these things in order. But this this trial is going to happen. It's going to be a real trial, actually. And um, these, these things do take time. And as we get more people assigned to positions and departments and offices and get that part of it flowing more fluently, We'll be able to do more than that, you know. And um, we're we're like we're small in numbers. We're around the 50 mark right now. Uh, we've been over that. We've been 100, 150. But you know what? At one time, a lot of people left because of some lies that took place um, and some traitorism. And then a lot of times, people just can't hang. Just put it bluntly. Because it takes discipline to be in here, and it takes you got to shed those false ideas and that damn idolatry. It's been it, it's been people that have come in for one day and could not hang. Seriously, so it takes time, brother. But we're gonna get to it, definitely. Uh, brother Priest, uh, do uh, to let the record reflect. It is now eight fifty eight, and I know you have to be to the next class. Thank you all for bearing with your brother. And I'm doing this out of love, 100% love. Thank you all for being here. We'll be here again next week. I'll be here, and we'll continue with real estate. Shalom. Shalom, brother. Um, Shalom. And And this is Brother Shedrick. I also will be uh, exiting as well. Uh, Brother Bernard, are you still on, or are you going to go, um, go live? On the record, it's like Bernard. I'm currently DJing right now, so I'm gonna be off the call in about five minutes myself. So, yeah, well, I tell you what, we will go ahead and adjourn for this evening, and brother, we will see. Yes, brother, brother Cedric, yes. is there any way that you can uh, contact me by phone or something? Um, yes, to yes, ma'am. I, yes, ma'am. I have your number. I have okay. your number. Yeah, um, my actual physical <laughs> number, five zero two six one four number. 
Yes, ma'am, I do. Um, okay. When do you want me to call you? A- Any time that's appropriate for you. You know, I'll be. You know, I'll be. You can. You know, I just wanted to holler at you for a second. Yes, ma'am. Um, Whatever. Yes, ma'am. Um, what I'll do is I will. Uh, I will hit you up in the university. That way, okay. I'll make sure that you are uh, clear for a conversation, and then we can converse there. That sounds good. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right, and shalom. Brother Sergius, did you get my number out to Brother Jossier? Um, No, I did not go into university. I will be checking that briefly, brother, and uh, I'm glad that you did ask me about that. Um, I'll be contacting you very soon, very soon. <laughs> All right. Yes, sir. Um, and on that note, we will adjourn for this evening. We'll see you here next week, uh, Thursday, for fellowship. I love all you brothers and sisters and Ema. Shalom. Yes. Love you, too. Shalom. 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 Shalom.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.